It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is it down to just Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford? Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Happy Wednesday. We are joined by Justin Hokinson over at AuburnLive.com, part of On3. And Hoke, as we sit down and record this, we both just got back to our respective places and uh, for, for practice, from Auburn's practice on Tuesday. And it was kind of more of the same, but it does seem like there's a little bit of separation now between the top two guys and then the third quarterback, that being Holden Gurner. So we saw Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford when the, after they did kind of their drills against air, they started doing... 11 on 11 drills, which it wasn't live or anything like that, but it seemed like on one side there were starters, and then it seemed like on the other side it was kind of everybody else. Hoke, am I reading too much into that? Or the fact that Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford were with the starting group and Holden Gurner was with the everybody else group? Am I reading too much into this? Uh, I don't think so. Um, I wrote on our board that they're – to me, there seemed to be a, a clear delineation between the quarterbacks. Um, we've seen drills. It's the first time that I think we've seen a little bit of teamwork, even though it's it's slow pace. Basically, what they do in the beginning of practice is reveal like the stuff we see, the drills, and then a little bit of what we see. It seems like they're they're either cleaning things up that they just watched on film, and they're coming out there and they're going over things, or they're kind of going through things that they're going to work on that day. That's kind of the beginning of practice and what we see. It's it's sort of working on maybe some things they saw in film or, or just saying, here's, we're going to slow walk some of this stuff we're about to do over the next couple hours and whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that we saw a little bit of teamwork and it was, it was, it was very clear because it wasn't just that Robbie and Peyton were with the first team offense. There was the first team defense on the other side, which to me made it abundantly clear where they stood and abundantly clear where Holden Gurner stood, which is with the second team offensive line. And the mm-hmm. second, third team type defense on the other side of the field, going through the same stuff that they're going to work on during the day. They're going through the same stuff, but they were clearly split apart. There's no question about it. Um, that that I mean, I, I that's that's been my thought really since Saturday when Hugh Freeze came out and said um, that he's rethink. You know, when he kind of made that comment about I thought I knew it, had my mind made up, and now I'm not sure. Whatever. Um, I posted on the board that day. I thought Robbie was the guy pushing Peyton. And Gurner was third. And then yesterday, yesterday I even said the same thing on our board. I said, look, I still think Robbie's the guy pushing Peyton and Gurner's third. Mm-hmm. And that's that's clearly what we saw today. There's no way you can get around that. I mean, I know we watch reps and sometimes it's like, well, you could maybe not be sure there's guys rotating out. But what we saw today, to me, that was clear. If Holden Gurner is competing for the starting job, he's he's not, from what we saw, he's not taking reps with buying second team O-line with second-team receivers, second-team defense on the other side of the ball, with Peyton and Robbie both on the other side, that's not happening. It's just not. So No, with, with the rest of the starters, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. but you've got to. You've got to. I, look, you're 
I get that you still you're you're one. You got another week of I guess a fall camp or whatever, and then of course you have you know school starting and game prep. But man, you got to narrow it down to two, and then you got to narrow it down to one. I know we talk about competition being a good thing for the quarterback room, and I do believe that. But at the same time, and I'm going to ask you freeze this on Thursday when we talk to him. Competition's a good thing. I get it. But at the same time, reps are a good thing, and you need your number one guy getting most of the reps as quickly as possible. And, and your number two guy, like you, you need to narrow reps down. I, competition's great, but you got to get Peyton Thorne or Robbie or whoever. Those guys need to start getting as many reps as possible, as quickly as possible. And I think that's the sort of the dilemma that Hugh Freeze faces. Like how long do I let competition go on before I then flip the switch to now I need to get reps. And I think that's kind of where he's at right now. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, of hype coming out of Saturday's performance from Holden Gurner. And it does sound like he had a good day, but as we kind of get farther and farther away from Saturday, we talk to more folks that were at the scrimmage. It's like, well, he did do all that with the threes is kind of what it's starting to come out more and more. And I mean, this was really a a two, two guy race uh, to begin with. And, you know, it sounds like Holden had a few good days but it, it's it's back to two. I mean, it, this is this is Peyton Thorne, Robbie Ashford through and through to me. I agree. I mean, I agree. I think, and I think that's the that's that's the two that's the two best options um, to me in this offense. Peyton Thorne is the most experienced, most proven guy. He's got all the intangibles. He's got a little bit of mobility. Robbie's the guy with by far the most mobility that's mm-hmm. trying to become a better passer. Holden doesn't have either like he's not the most he's the least mobile by far he's not mobile in that regard and he's got no experience he's got less experience than him. I mean there's there's nothing he has um over those other two guys in terms of running this offense so to me it is Peyton Thorne Robbie to me the question is I said this earlier in the week on another show but to me the question is whatever the gap is between Peyton and, and Robbie assuming and again I'm assuming I don't know but I'm assuming Peyton it should be ahead of Robbie in terms of a passer, accuracy, decision-making. He's played more games. He's a little bit better passer. Whatever that gap is between Peyton and Robbie, can, can Robbie make the gap close enough that his running ability then, over, then, then fills that gap? That's kind of how I look at it. Can he get close enough to Peyton where you go, well, is he, a, is he, is he as accurate a passer as Peyton? Maybe not, but he's not that far behind. Is his decision making as good? Well, maybe they're the same. Or if it's not as good, it's not quite as good, but it's not that far behind. And then you go, now, if we throw his running ability in and what that does to the offense, now what is he? And I think that's like the question that if he's somewhat close to Peyton, that, 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 um, it's the wild card is his running ability. I think that's the, that's what the coaches are going to have to answer is like, can that, gosh, can that put him over the top? And so I think it's going to be interesting leading up to that first game or leading the rest of the camp if Robbie keeps playing well. Yeah, I mean, if if the accuracy, which it does seem like it's better, is it close enough? Is it is it better enough than it needs to be? I don't don't know. And only Hugh Freeze can really make that call. But he does seem like a significantly better quarterback than a year ago. I mean, I remember watching him go through drills um, last fall, and I remember distinctively – there was a, an open practice at Jordan-Hare Stadium, and the quarterbacks were doing this drill where they were trying to throw a ball into the net. And it was him, TJ, and Zach Calzada, and they were all just missing the net, like, all together. And I'm just like, Are y- is anybody watching this? Like, this is terrible. This is awful. 
I feel like he'd be able to hit the net now, which is good. And also just kind of the way he conducts himself. I, I think I've been impressed with. I still think Peyton Thorne has the edge. And I do think an angle of Robbie's game, as far as like discussing him as a starter, that probably needs to be a bigger conversation, unfortunately, is like how healthy can he stay with all of this? Because, I mean, even when they're going with no drills, it seems like he's always kind of battling through something. And so I think that's an angle that's probably not discussed enough because, you know, nobody wants to label a kid as injury prone, but it does seem like he's always battling something. And he's so tough. He's such a tough kid. He just wants to power through it and fight through it. And I totally respect the heck out of him uh, for that. But I do think that's an angle that we need to, like, address eventually yeah. if, if he were to win the job. Yeah, I, I do. I don't know, you know, I don't know the different offensive style. I, I don't know if that'll – be different for him. Hopefully it protect him more. I think last year, you know, it was kind Hope of just so. cobbled together. He was either scrambling for his life or it was yeah. quarterback sweeps. And so maybe this is a type of offense that can protect him a little bit. He's got to get rid of the football and, mm -hmm. uh, and some, and some things like that. I don't think it'll be as much drop back run for your life, um, you know, kind of stuff. So maybe it'll be more in tune with, with keeping him healthy um, in that regard, angles and running and things like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's an interesting. I think it's an inter interesting development with Robbie and Thorne. But I think that's the two guys it needs to be. There's no question yeah. about. It. All right, I'm a little surprised by the starting receivers. I mean, if you would have told me this was the group of starters going into camp, I would have been shocked and wouldn't have believed you. We'll discuss in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. Do you like your hair? Do you want to keep your hair? Do you want to be healthy about it? Well, today's show brought to you by our friends at Nutrafol. You don't have to choose between better hair growth or your health. You can have both of them. With Nutrafol, they provide a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair, no drugs, no compromises, just better hair. 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime. It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of hair thinning with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist uh, recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and uh, visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning, such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, all kinds of things. So take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. That's why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, Nutrafol.com slash men. Use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Justin Hokinson, our guest with AuburnLive.com. Hoke, I've been really fascinated with the wide receivers, and especially the starters. And I'm aware, I understand there's going to be a rotation, we assume, we all think. But the ones, with the guys with the ones continue to be pretty consistent. 
Amari Kelly, Jay Fair, and Nick Marner with Rivaldo Fairweather kind of being a, a, a piece at, at tight end. I'm just shocked that really, I mean, Jay Fair makes the most sense at this point just because of the like, you know, how fall camp has gone. But you would have told me Amari Kelly and Nick Marner were going to be the two outside guys uh, towards at this point of fall camp. I just, I wouldn't have believed you a few weeks ago. Yeah, I think. I think a couple of things to keep in mind. One, Coy Moore has been hurt. Malcolm Johnson Jr. has been hurt. Camden Brown's been hurt. And then recently, Javaris Johnson's been been missed a little bit of time with, with some stitches in his mouth. But the other three have missed a, a more time. Certainly, Coy Moore and Camden Brown have been limited from basically the start of fall camp. <clears throat> so I think that's, you know, that's some context to, what, you know, where would those guys fit in right now? I'm not sure. That could that could have opened the door for somebody like Amari Kelly. Um, having said all that, I, I think it's look. I see it as guys who were here in the spring. First of all, Nick Marner was here in the spring, came with Marcus Davis. Like he he should know not just the offense, but he should have expectations. Like he should be a great example. Uh, Amari Kelly was here in the spring. Jay Fair. I see it as kind of those three guys were here in the spring, and Jair Shorter wasn't. Shane Hooks wasn't. Um, and so I still think those other guys are better players, but I think right now those maybe maybe guys like Amari Kelly, Nick Marner, and Jay Fair are doing everything that they're asked to do in addition to making plays, but they're lining up right. They're doing all the stuff. Um, and maybe Shorter and Hooks are still coming on. Maybe there's just still a few things they don't know. Maybe there's some still some misassignments yeah. that they're they're not they don't have down. And until they do that they're not going to elevate to one. That's just a possibility when you look at who's out there. Cause I think the second group hooks is, I think today hooks was out there. Second team shorter was out there. Um, Camden Brown a little bit. Caleb Burton was in the slot. I think with some second team work guys. I think uh, I saw Burton and fair with all three groups today. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. And I agree because I agree with Javaris Johnson. If, he, if he's limited a little bit, those two guys are probably going to bounce around at that slot position. So I think there's a lot of time to go. We we talked to Marcus Davis. He's like, look, the rotation, I mean, this thing is it competition's going. There is no set rotation. But we have seen Marner, Fair, and Kelly with that first group during practice reps we, multiple times. I mean, more times than not, that's the group. And then you see Shorter come in, and then you see Hooks come in, and you see Burton and so on. But, again, I, I go back to maybe those three guys just being veterans in terms of being here in the spring and Shorter and Hooks still trying to pick everything up when the season comes. I still think, first of all, it's going to take a few games. You're going to see who the playmakers are. It's going to take a few games to figure out what this rotation should look like and who the playmakers are. It could be a little situational as the, it could be situational all season. You could have times where Nick Marner's out there, but then depending on the play, depending on the time of the field or place on the field, it's hooks and it's shorter because we're trying to do something specific here. So like, I think there could be some of that all year, yeah. but I still look out there. Fair, Hooks, and Shorter are the are the three best playmakers at receiver. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I'm not saying the other guys are bad. They can do it. But those three guys, to me, have a, have a little bit more ability than the others and are going to be – whether Shorter starts against UMass or whether Hooks starts against UMass, those two guys are going to be counted on to make big plays in the SEC – We'll just kind of see how 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 it develops and who starts that those first couple of games. But I kind of look at it as veterans being the guys, and and then these transfers sort of catching on. But I love Jay Fair, man. I mean, got 
we've talked about it before, but we talk to more coaches and they just rave about him, but you watch yeah. him out there. So, you know, sometimes you can just watch a kid and you watch how he interacts and you watch how he runs and moves. And there's just something about that kid. It's a confidence level. He's just got, I think he's got the it factor to be a really good player. I'm with you. I'm with you. And he's, he's bigger than like, we remember seeing him a year ago. Like you yeah, can tell he's put in the work and yeah. I mean, he's, He's a thicker dude than he was, uh, I mean, this time a year ago, which is exactly what you want. I mean, these, the whole receiver room is significantly larger than than any receiver room I've seen while covering Auburn. I mean, I know in, in 14 you had Sammy Coates and Duke Williams, but, like, that was kind of it. It was a big drop-off after that. I mean, this is the biggest receiver room I've seen. Probably top to bottom, yes. Yeah. I mean, Sammy and Duke were, were big boys. Um, you know, Seth Williams was a good sized kid, but I mean, uh, after that, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to think there's a lot of just kind of six foot receivers, you know, um, you know, between shorter and hooks and Martyr, those are six, four Camden Brown's six, three, six, four. You got at least four guys out there that are, that are six, three plus. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different group. Malcolm Johnson Jr. is not small. Mark Kelly's not small. Those those guys are kind of prototypical six one mm-hmm. right in that range. But yeah, you got some you got some options um in the red zone, man. You think about getting you think it might be a third and seven where you need maybe a big target over the middle or maybe just line somebody, isolate somebody on the outside for a stop route and just use their body. Or you get in the red zone, whether it's a fade or whether it's a slant route, then you've got some options between Shorter hooks, Marner, Rivaldo, Fairweather, who could split out in in some of those situations. Those are some big targets where you just need it. You just have to get it somewhere in their vicinity, and their length yeah. of body will be able to hopefully go through. And it'll be really tough for some for some cornerbacks to make plays through through hooks or through Marner or through shorter or through Fairweather. Like the cornerback trying to go through those guys on the other side to make a play is going to be. Really, really, really tough. I think DJ James said the other day, you know, Hooks is a is just, I mean, he, he's blown away with Hooks. Like it's his toughest cover. And James is, a, James is an all-conference type cornerback. So if those guys are used right, it's gonna be really tough to deal with. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's a certain like size limitation where it's like, look, this guy's bigger than me. Like I can't really do a whole lot about it. I get in the right position, but if the throw's there yeah. and the guy's just longer and bigger than you, like I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. And so just make those targets as big as possible for whoever wins the starting quarterback job. And it's a great situation to be in. You mentioned Rivaldo Fairweather being split out. We saw, we're seeing more and more over the course of fall camp. We're seeing more and more like two tight end situations. And granted a lot of it involves like Rivaldo Fairweather essentially being a big slot receiver. And then you'll see either a loop deal or a from, you know, kind of attached to the line of scrimmage, which is kind of what we expected to see, but we're definitely seeing more of it. And there was a session with the starters where they were both, we had two tight ends. It was fair and deal on the same like side of the formation. Like they were both kind of next to each other, close to the line. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of different types of two tight end sets. And I think it's going to look different than the two tight end sets we saw a year ago. Yeah. And what's great about Fairweather deal and from is there's they're athletic guys and so you they're not they're not the prototypical like hand in the dirt tight end those guys can line up in the slot and then go in motion 
and and then crack back or come back and block down from motion or there's things they can do. They don't have to line up where they're going to start. They can come in motion and then block or run their route off of motion because they're athletic enough. So there's some different things that they can do with those guys um, at the same time. But you're going to see, I think you'll see sometimes those tight ends line up in the slot and then go in motion and then the ball snap and then they block. They end up blocking yeah. on the other side, things like that. Uh, but they're athletic enough to do that and stay in position. Um, so I think, I think I, I want to see Fairweather block. He's such a big athletic guy. We always think about him as a pass catcher. I want to see him get out there and what kind of blocker he is. We know Luke Deal can get after it, um, but I think I think Fairweather is going to be interesting to watch. He's such a big guy with long arms. I've been told that blocking is his weakness. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to just see how that goes. He's got such a big frame. He should be able to – if he gets on you, he should be able to drive. But, um, but yeah, I want to see, want to see how that comes along for him. But, look – You've got he plays so high though. He plays like standing up so much. I mean, that's just how we run. That's how is what his stride looks like. It may be hard for him to get lower just because he's so like lean. I'm interested to see it too. Yeah, and so you want you want a guy that can do everything. But worst case, if you're gonna try to if you're gonna try to operate the run game a little bit, you put Luke Deal in, and and he can and he can do it. And you know, it just means you maybe have to sub that out a little bit. Maybe maybe you gotta sub him out if you're gonna try to run. Maybe Deal gets a little more action where you wish you could just go. But um, but that's that's a that's a minor thing when you're talking about what Fairweather brings to the offense. I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you brought him in to be a blocking tight end. I think you brought him to be a, a guy that's really hard to for linebackers and safeties to cover. And I think that's yeah. exactly exactly what we've seen so far. I think I think a, a position battle at offensive line is done. Oh, I think it's done. I think we know who the five guys are. I'll share my thoughts. I want to get you to respond in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. I want to encourage you to join the Locked on Auburn Discord. It's free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. All right, looking at the offensive line, there was kind of some conversations on what was going to happen with that left guard spot. Tate Johnson was the starter at the start of fall camp. It now seems like it's Jeremiah Wright and the, the rest of the starting offensive line has gone chalk pretty much all of camp from left to right. Dylan Wade at center, Avery Jones at right guard, Cam Stutz, then a right tackle, Gunner Britton. That left guard spot's been kind of back and forth. And as of late, Hoke, it's been just Jeremiah Wright. And it seems like that position battle may be close to being wrapped up. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, I, I would agree with you there. Um, I think Tate was at left back at left guard um, last time we saw him. So, and that makes sense. Jeremiah Wright, we we know the potential. Uh, yeah. We saw some of it last year. He's got a physicality that you love. He's got the body. He's got all that good stuff. Um, he missed a little bit of spring, so that slowed his development probably a little bit. Um, but yeah, he makes a lot of sense there. And you start to look at this line: Dylan Wade, Jeremiah Wright, Avery Jones. Cam Stutz, Gunnar Britton, that's a that's a that's a pretty good looking group. I mean, there, there's no there's no lightweights in that group. 
there's nobody that's a little bit undersized or maybe somebody mm-hmm. playing at tackle that's really a guard or I mean I think that's a pretty pretty solid group and then if you talk about Tate Johnson who I think is a reliable player Jaden Muskrat who's a reliable player I think you've got seven starter quality players um, that you would feel pretty good about going into the SEC and, and putting in you don't Tate. put Connor Lou in that conversation yeah, I guess. I mean, he's a true freshman, so I just I, – I mean, I hear I great – all we hear is great stuff, and he looks great. He looks the part. I guess just as a true freshman, I don't exactly know. I want to maybe, maybe let's watch some reps. But, yeah. I mean, if you go off of what everybody has said about him, then, yeah, I guess you would have to include him because whether it's coaches or players, he gets some he gets some really rave reviews about how good he's going to be. I don't know if he's there now. It's kind of a lot like he's going to be great. Um, how good is he now? So I guess I mean I think after a few games you could put him in the mix. Yeah, you could say eight. But Connor Lou, obviously playing that center position, you hope Avery Jones stays healthy. And so I think I think Muskrat and Tate Johnson are guys that could easily get into the mix if for whatever reason Wright struggles or if Cam Studs struggles or whatever. Those two guys I think are kind of you could mix Muskrat in at guard or tackle. Tate Johnson mm-hmm. can play guard, either guard spot. They're kind of two guys that I think are just ready to to pop in if you if you need them. Um, whereas Connor Lou, I think, would have to get in there if Avery Jones wasn't available. But yeah, I think they're in a good spot. I just want to see them. I just want to see them against Texas A&M. I need to see three weeks of them, and then and then we need to see that first test to know. I, I think we'll get a good idea against Cal as well. I mean, obviously Texas A&M, I think, is going to be significantly better than Cal. But I mean, we'll get a little bit of information. Yeah, at least when they go when they go to uh, to Cal Berkeley. Yeah. Um, the the final thing that happened in our our practice window, our media window of, of practice, was an interesting development where uh, what seemed to be a fan was kind of escorted onto the field about ten yards in. <laughs> Hugh Freeze jogs over. They shake hands. The the fan we assume. Hands Coach Freeze a green box. Coach Freeze opens the green box and pulls out a blue belt. Very spiffy-looking blue belt. Coach Freeze is holding the blue belt, taking a picture with the fan. They're both motioning to the blue belt. And then he leaves. (laughs) It's a weird thing. (laughs) What just happened? We're all like, okay, all right, we're done with our window. See y'all later. We're all like, what was that? Yeah. That was a good sign that, like, we should probably go. Can we go now? Um, I just think, you know, so I, I don't like, think we need to be here anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think we're done. When the when the the guy was walking on, first of all, when he had the green box, I thought, is he, is he giving me like a Rolex? Like, what is he giving? But then the box was too big. It was a and big box. Pulls, yeah. Yeah. And he pulls out this blue, lead, like, whatever this was belt. And I think, uh-huh. and then, you know, he's getting the picture taken. I'm like, what is happening? It's just a blue belt. Why is this so special? And then, um, but I, I don't know. They seem to, they seem to, they seem to like it. What I felt, it, bad did, about, it didn't seem weird to anyone involved. It was clear. So that's was good. Because I think, I think, I couldn't tell, but I thought that was Hugh Freeze's daughter taking the picture. Um, I could be it, wrong. It, it may have been. So I, I, I didn't thought there was some kind of friend, some kind of family friend, somebody um, that was bringing him the belt. And they, you know, posed for the picture. I guess we'll check his Instagram maybe. But I, uh, I, I just thought like us in the media, we're there observing. And I just thought it was probably time to go. 
when I'm being, I feel like my observing was go, had gone too far. When I see the fan walk on, I'm like, well, who's this? Who's this guy? What's he doing? What's this guy doing? What's he, what's the box he had? What's the box? What's, what's he doing? Do I need to take a picture of this? It gives him a belt. What is this important? Like all these things are going through my head. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> I, I should go. I mean, this is just going on too far. I'm, I'm observing way too much. I, I put it in my like observations at auburndaily.com and people are DMing me and texting me and they're like, what's up with, what's up with the belt thing? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just telling you what happened. It's what I saw. It's what I saw. That's it. They're like, one of my buddies called me. He's like, okay, well, I don't get the belt thing. What's the joke? And I'm like, it's not a joke. That's what happened. That's, that's what happened. That's it. Well, Hope, how can people check out everything you guys got going on? Right now, yeah, I was gonna say the belt, man, blue belt, maybe blue pants, blue helmet. What's next? Um, let's just speculate. Um, yeah, AuburnLive.com. Go to AuburnLive.com. We're not running the special anymore. No, oh. uh, we ran that for like a week and a half or something like that. So if you missed it, but I think it's we we always run us. I think we always run a seven day free trial. So I'm pretty sure you can always get a week free to check things out. But uh, yeah, yeah AuburnLive.com, bunch of stuff. Football recruiting, um, Cole and Jeffrey got that covered. Obviously, mm-hmm. Cam stuff, we got that going on. And shows and podcasts, they do the call-in show, and we do some football shows. And so, and I really enjoy our message board. They're a little crazy sometimes, but for the most part, they're well-behaved. So who's your favorite poster? Give a give a poster a shout-out. Can't say Charlie Fox. You said worst poster? No, best poster. Oh, Charlie Fox. Um, I would say – uh best poster man that's a tough one dude um i, I don't want to do it if i single somebody out i'm gonna i'm gonna get the rack do it it's a compliment it's a compliment because if i say if i say a favorite then there's gonna be enemies of that guy they're gonna come after me and not what you want cool. that's what message boards are all about that's not what i want i don't all have right. time for the message board drama i love them all that's fine. Pretty That's much, fine. except if I've banned you, then I probably don't love you. That's but, probably true. Auburn yeah. Live, AuburnLive.com. That's worth yeah, AuburnLive.com. Go check it out. You can check out all my stuff at AuburnDaily.com, as well as uh, be sure to click that subscribe button for more podcasts every single day. We will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.